The Arabian Nights, the 183rd night. The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that Ali ibn Bakar sat up and taking a sheet of paper, said to Abu al-Hasan, Hold the letter open before me. Abu al-Hasan held it, while Ali ibn Bakar proceeded, now reading Shams al-Nahar's letter and replying, now pausing to weep until he finished writing. Then he gave the letter to Abu al-Hasan, saying, Read it and give it to the girl. Abu al-Hasan related later, I took it and read the following. In the name of God the Compassionate, the Merciful, a love letter has come to me from the moon, a gift of light, whose words increase in loveliness like the blossoms of delight. It has lightened my heavy load and eased my sore affliction, which had, O lady, cast my heart between pity and caution. O lady, you know my great love, and you know my great desire, my eyes that sleepless burn with love, my heart that lies on the pyre, my tears that never cease to flow, and my ever-burning fire. O oh, by my sacred love for you, by my unholy wish, I say, that my poor heart has love for none harboured since you went away. O oh, my lady, your letter has reached me, bringing rest to a mind worn out with passion and desire, and healing to a wounded heart torn by sickness and grief. It has delighted the eyes and gladdened the heart with its beautiful bloom, and after long silence and worry, it has moved the tongue to speak. The more I contemplated its words and understood their meaning, the more I enjoyed what I read, and the more I read and reread what with unequalled art it expressed, the more relief I felt. For I have been suffering all the torments of separation, a raging passion, and an incurable sickness, an overwhelming desire, and an all-consuming longing. Indeed, I feel, as the poet says, with saddened feelings and with helpless thoughts, with sleepless eyes and with exhausted frame, with confused heart and with demented mind, with patience gone, but loneliness the same, I feel that I, after you did retreat, in every grievance have tasted defeat. No complaint can extinguish the fire of passion, but it may console one whom longing consumes and separation destroys until he quenches his desire in reunion and finds the means to recovery. Peace be with you. The words of the letter stirred my soul and tore my vitals, moving me so deeply that I was numb with pain and making me weep so much that I could not stop without a great effort. Finally, I gave the letter to the girl, and when she took it, Ali ibn Bakar said to her, Come closer. She stepped forward, and he said to her, Convey my greetings to your master. Acquaint him with my sickness and grief, and with my love for him, which is in my flesh and bones, and tell him that I am a miserable man whom life has dealt with heavy blows. And he asked her to fly to her master with the answer. Then he began to cry, and made me and the girl cry with him. I took my leave of him, and went out with the girl who was still crying. 
Abu al-Hassan walked with her part of the way and took his leave and went to his shop. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story! Shahrazad replied, What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 184th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that when Abu al-Hasan took his leave of the girl and went to his shop, feeling depressed, he began to think about his situation and what the two lovers had done to him, and he became convinced that because of them he was going to lose his business, ruin himself, and come to no good. He continued in such thoughts the rest of that day and night. The next day he went to visit Ali ibn Bakar and found people congregated there as usual. He waited until everybody left, and he approached Ali ibn Bakar and asked him how he felt. When he began to complain, Abu al-Hasan said to him, Listen, I have never seen or heard of one like you in your love. Such torment! Sickness and weariness befit the case of one whose lover is insincere and unfaithful, whereas the woman you love and wish to possess loves you and wishes to be with you. What would happen to you if the one you loved was contrary, disdainful, and perfidious? If you continue like this, your case will be discovered and you will be exposed. Rise, mix with people, and keep yourself busy. Go riding, exercise, and keep your heart at bay, or else you will surely destroy yourself. Abu al-Hassan related later, Having trust in me, he listened to my advice and thanked me, and I took my leave and went to my shop. What he did afterward, I was not to find out until much later. It happened that I had a friend, a jeweller by trade, who used to visit me in my shop, and who knew of my involvement in the affair between Ali ibn Bakar and Shams al-Nahar. One day he asked me about her, and I answered him evasively, saying, All I know is that she is not herself. I am keeping nothing from you, save perhaps what only God knows. But yesterday I resolved on a plan on which I would like to consult you. As you know, I am a well-known man, with much dealing among the notables, both men and women, and I fear that the affair of these two may be disclosed, and may become the cause of my death, the seizure of my goods, and the ruin of my family. Nor can I disengage from them after having spent such good times with them. Therefore, I have resolved to settle my debts, set my affairs in order, and prepare myself to go to the city of Basra, where I will live unknown to anyone until I see how God determines their fate and what comes of their affair. For love has so possessed them that it will not leave them alone until they perish. Their go-between is a maid who till now has kept their secret, but I fear that she may get vexed with them, or find herself in a fix and divulge their secret, make the affair public and cause my ruin. Should this happen, 
my own daring and rash meddling would be the cause of my destruction and death, for I have no excuse before God or man. Abu al-Hasan's friend replied, You have acquainted me with a grave matter, the like of which should worry the discerning and frighten the wise. Your resolve is a sound one. May God protect you from the harm you dread and reward you with a good solution. The jeweller related later, Abu Hassan asked me to keep this conversation secret. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if I stay alive? The 185th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the druggist related later, After I told the jeweller my plan and asked him to keep it secret, I prepared myself at once and set out for Basra. Four days later, the jeweller came to the shop and found it closed. He related later, then I began to think of a way to gain Ali ibn Bakar's confidence, and going to his house, I said to one of his servants, Ask your master, Ali ibn Bakar, to grant me leave to go in. The leave was granted, and when I went in, I found Ali ibn Bakar lying back on a pillow. When he saw me, he raised himself, and, standing up, received me with a cheerful mien, and bade me welcome. I inquired about his health and apologized for the delay of my visit, and he thanked me profusely and said, Perhaps there is something you would like me to give you or do for you. I replied, For some time there has been between me and Abu al-Hasan al-Latar, may God save him, a business as well as a personal relationship based on friendship and mutual affection. I have liked him and trusted him, and have confided in him, and received his confidence. It happened that I had to be away from him for several days on some business with some colleagues, and when I came back and went to his shop as usual, I found it closed, and was told by one of his neighbours that he had gone to Basra on some business that required his personal attention. But I am not satisfied with this explanation, and, knowing what close friends you two have been, tell me truly and in detail all you know, for I have come to you to plead, investigate, and find out. When Ali ibn Bakar heard what I said, his colour changed, and looking visibly shaken, he replied, I have never heard or had any inkling of his departure until you told me. What you say, if it is true, makes me feel sobered, alarmed, discouraged, and worn out. Then he sobbed, and recited the following verses. I used to weep for errors of the past, while those I love were present with me still, but now that fate has taken them away. I shed my tears for them, and always will. The tears of no man can like mine be said, 
to be shared by the living and the dead. He lowered his head pensively, and a while later he turned to one of his servants and said, Go to Abu al-Hasan ibn Tahir's house, and inquire whether he is at home, or whether, as has been claimed, he is gone on a journey. If so, find out where he went, and for what purpose. The servant went out, while I sat conversing with Ali ibn Bakar, who seemed perplexed as he asked and answered questions, now paying attention to me, now listening absent-mindedly. After a while, the servant came back and said, "'My lord, when I inquired about Abu al-Hasan, his people told me that he went to Basra two days ago. There I saw a girl standing at the door, and she too was inquiring about him. When she saw me, she recognised me, although I myself did not recognise her. She inquired whether I was a servant of Ali ibn Bakar, and I said that I was.' Then she claimed that she was carrying a message for you from one who is the dearest to you. She is now standing at the door. Ali ibn Bakar said, Bring her in. And in came a girl whom the jeweller recognised from an earlier description of her by Abu al-Hasan ibn Tahir al-Attar, except that she looked even lovelier. She advanced and greeted Ali ibn Bakar. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story! Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? It will be even stranger than this. The 186th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that when the maid came in, she greeted Ali ibn Bakar, and, coming close to him, talked to him privately, while he swore and exclaimed from time to time that he had no knowledge of what she claimed. Then she took her leave and went away, leaving him like a madman in hell. The jeweller related later, As soon as I found the opportunity to speak, I said to him, Doubtless some members of the caliph's household have some dealings with you or some claim upon you. He asked, How do you know? I replied, I know by this maid. He asked, To whom does she belong? I replied, She belongs to Shams al-Nahar the slave-girl of the Caliph al-Rashid, who has none dearer, wiser, lovelier or livelier than her. A few days ago the same maid showed me a letter that she suspected to have been addressed to her lady by one of her lady's maids. Then I repeated to him the contents of the letter, and he was so upset and worried that I feared that he was going to collapse. But he recovered his composure, and said, I conjure you by God to tell me truly how you know the girl. I replied, Do not press me. He said, I will not leave you until you tell me the truth. 
I replied, I will tell you all, so that I may not cross you or keep any secret from you, so that you may not entertain suspicion and wrong impressions of me, and so that you may not feel diffidence, apprehension, or anxiety. Moreover, I swear to you by God that as long as I live, I will never reveal your secrets or betray your confidence, never mislead you or keep any advice from you. He said, Tell me what you know. And I told him everything from beginning to end, adding, All this I did for no reason save my affection for you and my concern and compassion for your suffering. It is my wish to place myself and my possessions at your service, and to be your friend, in place of your other friend, your ally against the rest of the world, and your confidant and comforter. So take heart and be cheerful. And I repeated the oath. He responded by invoking blessings on me, and said, I do not know what to say, save to trust in your generosity, and to commend you to God. Then he recited the following verses. If I claim to be patience since she went away, may tears and loud lament give me the lie. I wonder whether it is for a mere friend, or for my true love that I mourn and cry, with bitter tears that flow and pour forever, for a banished friend or distant lover. When he finished, he remained silent for a while. Then he asked me, Do you know what the girl said? I replied, No, I do not. He said, She claimed that I have been in collusion with Abu al-Hassan, and that it was I who had instigated him to go to Basra. She refused to listen to my protestation, and persisted in accusing me and chiding me. Now I do not know what to do in Abu al-Hassan's absence, for she liked him, listened to him, and accepted his word. I replied, If I understand the situation correctly, I will take care of the problem. He said, How can you, when she bolts away like a wild beast? I replied, I will do my best to support you and help you, and to resolve the problem in every way possible, without exposing you, causing you any distress, or bringing you any harm, with the help of the kind, the beneficent, and the almighty God. Do not worry, for by God I will do everything possible to help you fulfil your wish. Then I asked leave to depart, and he said, My lord, you have treated me with singular kindness, and you have offered me your help freely, and without hesitation. You understand my situation. Make me an offering of your friendship and a gift of your intimacy, and I will rely on your honour to keep my secret and depend on your support to help me attain my wish. Then he embraced me and I kissed him as we bade each other farewell. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinazad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? It will be even stranger than this.
The 187th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the jeweller said, I bade him farewell and went out, not knowing where to go, what to do, or how to manage to let the girl know that I was in on the secret of the two lovers. As I went along, pondering the matter, I saw a letter lying on the road. I picked it up, and opening it, found the following. In the name of God the Compassionate, the Merciful, my envoy came bringing me hope and joy, but I surmised that he misunderstood. Therefore, instead of joy, my grief increased, knowing that he mistook bad news for good. O oh, my Lord, may God preserve you. You yourself may know the cause of breaking the bonds of trust between us and interrupting our correspondence. If the fault is yours, I will remain faithful, and if you are inconstant, I will forbear, forgive, and remain constant. If you succeed in instigating our friend to depart, then you have succeeded in winning a loving companion, a confidant, and a loyal bosom friend. Indeed, I am not the first one to lose her way and suffer weariness, or to desire something and be doomed to failure. May the Almighty God grant me a quick remedy and a speedy relief. Peace be with you. While I read the letter in astonishment, wondering who could have dropped it, the maid approached, looking right and left in perplexity and alarm, and, seeing the letter in my hand, came up to me and said, Oh, my lord, this is the letter I dropped. Be kind and give it back to me. I did not answer her, but walked on, and she followed me until I came to my house and entered, and she entered behind me. When I was seated she approached me and said, Listen, this letter is of no use to you, since you do not know from whom it came or to whom it is going. Why do you hang on to it and refuse to give it back to me? I replied, Calm down, sit quietly and listen. When she sat down, I asked her, Is this letter not in the handwriting of your mistress, Shams al-Nahar? And is it not for Ali ibn Bakar? Her face turned ashen, and she burst out in alarm. He has exposed us, and exposed himself. His feverish passion must have made him delirious, and he must have talked about his love to his friends and companions without being careful about whom to trust with the truth and without thinking about the consequences. Then she rose to go, but, thinking that her departure in that condition might bring injury and harm to Ali ibn Bakar, I said, Listen, the heart bears witness that one must and can conceal, disavow, or deny every secret save for love for one feels most pressed to reveal it and seek advice from others in order to relieve its torments. Besides, love has its tell-tale signs that make it hard to conceal. You have wrongfully suspected Abu al-Hassan and accused him of an offence of which he is innocent. As for Ali ibn Bakar, he has never betrayed your confidence, revealed your secret, or behaved ungraciously. Yet you reward him with accusations and distrust. 
I will acquaint you with something that will justify his behaviour, relieve your anxiety and please you, but first you must give me a firm pledge that you will hide nothing of your lady's affair from me. I am a man who keeps a secret, stands firm under stress, fulfils diligently the obligations of friendship, and follows the rules of manliness and the code of chivalry in everything I undertake and every task I assume. When she heard my word, she sighed and said, None loses a secret in your trust, and no one suffers disappointment under your care. You are in possession of a treasure that should not be entrusted save to the one for whom it was meant, and to whom it was sent. But proceed with your explanation, and if you tell me the truth, as God and his angels are my witness. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said to her sister, What a strange and entertaining story. Shahrazad replied, What is this compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me and lets me live? The 188th Night The following night, Shahrazad said, I heard, O happy king, that the girl said to the jeweller, If you tell me the truth, I too, as God is my witness, will tell you the truth, and entrust my lady's secret to your care. The jeweller related later, I told her what I told young Ali ibn Bakar, how I acted with Abu al-Hasan ibn Tahir, until I won him over, how I went to see Ali ibn Bakar, and how I found the letter that she had dropped, adding, All of this shows my good will in this affair in which I have been reluctant to meddle. The girl was astonished, and she enjoined me to swear again to keep the secret of the lovers, while I too made her swear to hide nothing of their affair from me. Then she took the letter, and sealing it up, said, I will tell him that it was given to me sealed, and that I would like him to seal his own answer with his own seal, so that I may assume no responsibility. I will go to him now, get his answer, and stop to see you before I take it to Shams al-Nahar. Then she bade me good-bye, and went away, leaving my heart on fire. But she was not gone for long before she returned with a sealed letter which read, in the name of God the Compassionate, the Merciful, our messenger who did our secrets keep, has now in anger betrayed me and you. Choose then for messenger one we can trust, one who shuns falsehood and loves to be true. I have neither committed a breach nor betrayed a trust, neither broken a vow nor severed a friendship. I have met with nothing but affliction after parting, nor ever parted from sorrow, nor have I received any news or found any trace of the one you have mentioned. I long to be with my love, but the one I love is far away, and I desire reunion. But how can a lover attain his desire? You will know from my looks, my disposition, from my disposition, my plight, and from my words, my sad state. Peace be with you. 
When I read the letter, I wept. The girl, who shared the jeweller's feeling and wept with him, said, Do not meet with Ali ibn Bakar, or leave your house until I return to you tomorrow. He suspects me, and he is to be excused, and I, in turn, have suspected him, and I, too, am to be excused, as I will explain later. I will endeavour, in every way possible, to bring you together with my lady, whom I left lying prostrate, awaiting news from his confidant. Then the girl departed. The jeweller related later. The next day she came in looking cheerful. I asked her, What is the news? She replied, I went to my lady and showed her the letter, and when she seemed upset and worried, I said to her that she should not worry, fear, or grieve that Abu Hassan's absence would harm her relationship with Ali ibn Bakar, adding that I had found another man to take his place. Then I told her about your friendship with Abu al-Hassan, and how you gained his confidence, about your relationship with Ali ibn Bakar, and about our understanding, and how in my distraction I lost the letter, how you found it, and how you agreed to keep the affair secret. When she heard my account, she was astonished, and said that she wished to hear it from your own mouth, so that she might find comfort, assure herself of your commitment, and confirm your resolve to carry out what you had kindly offered to do. So get ready to go with me to her, with God's blessing and help. When the jeweller heard the girl's words, he saw that what she proposed was a grave matter, not to be undertaken lightly or entered into rashly. And he said to her, You should know that I am not a man of high rank like Abu al-Hassan, who used his wares for an excuse to enter the caliph's palace. Indeed, when he used to relate to me what he did there, I used to tremble with fear. If your lady wishes to speak with me, it must be in a place other than the commander of the faithful's palace, for I do not have the heart for such an undertaking. He persisted in refusing to go with her, while she kept encouraging him and assuring him of protection and safety. But each time he rose to go with her, his legs failed him, and his hands trembled. Finally the girl said to him, Never mind, she will come to you but do not stir from your place. She went away in a hurry, then she came back and said, Beware that none should be with you in the house, for he may tell. The jeweller related later, I replied, There is no one with me. Then with the utmost caution, she went out and returned, followed by a lady who was followed by two maids. When the lady entered, her perfume filled the house, and her beauty lighted it, and when I saw her I sprang to my feet, and, offering her a cushion, seated her and sat before her. She sat without speaking until she was rested, and she unveiled her face, and I thought that it was the full moon or the rising sun. Then she turned to the girl with a weak motion and asked, "'Is this the man?' The girl replied, Yes, he is. I greeted her, and she returned my greeting in the best of manners, and said, Our confidence in you moved us to come to you, entrust you with our secret, 
and count on your silence. May you be worthy of such confidence and trust, for you seem to be a man of honour, loyalty and generosity. Then she inquired about my situation, my family and my friends, and I acquainted her with my circumstances, adding, You should know, my lady, that I have another house that I have set apart for entertaining my friends and colleagues, and there is nothing there save what I have told your maid. Then she questioned me about my involvement in the affair, and I told her, and when I finished she sighed, expressing sadness for the loss of Abu al-Hasan, and invoked blessings on him. Then she said, You should know that the minds of men are alike in desires, although different in situation and purpose, and although men are diverse in their pursuits, no task is accomplished without speech. No wish is fulfilled without endeavour, and no rest is enjoyed without toil. But morning overtook Shahrazad, and she lapsed into silence. Then Dinarzad said, Sister, what an entertaining story! Shahrazad replied, What is this, compared with what I shall tell you tomorrow night, if the king spares me, and lets me live?